All right, we're going to do it. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to the Tuesday, April 19th, 2022 hybrid in-person and virtual meeting of the San Francisco Entertainment Commission. My name is Ben Blyman and I'm the commission president. The meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in City Hall in person at 408, broadcast live at SFGov TV and available to view or Zoom or listing by calling 1669-900-6833 using meeting ID 817-4912-7791. Before we would begin, I would like to remind all individuals present and attending that the the meeting in person today that all health and safety protocols and building rules must be adhered to at all times. This includes being masked in the hearing room at all times. Failure to adhere to these rules and requirements may result in re your removal from this room. Also note that hand sanitizer stations are available throughout the building and each elevator and mass are available upon request at the city hall entrances. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the beginning of the meeting. There'll be an uh, each comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call in for each item. The commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person, then from people attending the meeting remotely. For those attending in person, please come up to the podium during the public public comment, state your name, any affiliations, then your comment. You will have three minutes. Opportunities to speak during the public comment periods are available via the Zoom platform using meeting ID 817-4912-7791 or by calling 1-669-900-6833 and using the meeting ID. Uh, if using the Zoom platform to speak, <laughs> select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. Please note that on Zoom, you'll be able to hear but not see the participants at the meeting. If calling by phone, dial star nine to be added to the speaker line when, you're, when your item of interest comes up. When you're asked to speak, you unmute yourself by hitting star six. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. If you're also viewing the meeting on SFGov TV, be sure to mute it before speaking during public comment. Alternatively, while we recommend that you use Zoom audio or telephone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that the commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions during public comment. Thank you to SFGov TV and media services for sharing this meeting with the public. We'll start with a roll call. President Blyman. Here. Vice President Camino. Is excused. Uh, Commissioner Falzon. Here. Commissioner Lee. Here. Commissioner Perez. Here. Commissioner Thomas. Here. And Commissioner Wong is excused. All right, the first order of business is general public comment. Are there any comments on agenda items that are not on, or sorry, on items that are not on our agenda? Uh, there does not appear to be any in-person public comment. All right. Good evening, this is, oh, go on. Good evening. this is Dylan Rice coming to you remotely. Um, there is no Zoom comments either. All right, let's close public comment. And the next item is agenda number two, which is approval of minutes from April 5th, 2022. Do we have a motion to approve these minutes? So moved. Is there any public comment on approving these minutes? Um, there are no in-person public comment. There is no Zoom uh, comment. All right. Public comments is closed then, and we can vote. President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Yes. Commissioner Lee? Aye. Yes. Commissioner Perez? Aye. And Commissioner <clears throat> Thomas? Aye. 
Minutes have been approved. The next agenda item is number three, which is a report from Director Wyland. Hi, good evening, commissioners. I just wanted to provide a short update for you all this evening. Um, I have been giving quarterly updates to City Administrator Carmen Chu. I had one just last week, and so this memorandum that's in your uh, Google Drive uh, will give all of you information on updates for our commission, including updated data around permit figures. Um, which we list out by brick and mortar permit types as well as our just add music permits. Um, of note, I will say that we actively have 314 place of entertainment permits right now, which is great, which has stayed pretty much in line with the number of place of entertainment permits pre-COVID. So we're really uh, excited about that figure. Um, also notably for you, our just add music permits are now at 452 and have likely actually gone up since I put this memo together. Um, I'll get a little bit more into that in just a second. Uh, complaint data is also there for you. Um, notably, uh, last year we had close to 1,000 complaints, which uh, has gone up by about 40% in previous years, and therefore, you know, the need for us to ensure staffing on weekends and why we're so glad that we're fully staffed on our inspection team now. Um, and this is also because of the fact that we've added 250 plus brick and mortar sound sources in the city through our jam program. So it's just makes sense, right? There's more sound out there now. Um, going on, I just wanted to give you all an update, although we're uh, an, more of an advisory body as a commission in terms of our budget submissions that we do through the city administrator's office, wanted to inform you of one budget submission that we put through. Um, Caitlin uh, worked really hard on crunching data with me uh, to propose a change to our fixed place outdoor amplified sound permit uh, application fee and license fee. So previously it had been almost in line with the cost of a place of entertainment permit, so close to $2,000. However, um, we never issued one of these permits and we're intending to issue potentially you know, 200 plus um, when we begin to transition out of jam into our brick and mortar permit programs. So because of that, we didn't want these high barriers to entry for our permit applicants, and we lowered the fee in our budget submission to be more closely in line with the limited live performance permit and more, much more accessible for folks to actually obtain. Uh, so under $1,000, I think it was like $700. Um, moving on, uh, we are building some efficiencies into our programs. We continue to look at how we can better digitize and respond to complaints in uh, a streamlined ma manner and collect our data and be able to look at that data quickly. So a few things that we're, we have kind of coming down the pike right now. Um, you may have remember, you may remember the name OnBase. This is the system that we use to put all of our paper permit files, scan them into a system that are now uh, uh, backlogged for all of us to look at on our computers. This makes it feasible for our inspectors to then look up uh, permits on their mobile devices when they're in the field. So they can actually look up a permit number and be able to see all of the application and the permit itself in there, which is pretty huge win for us. Beyond that, uh, Caitlin has been working with 311 to upgrade the mobile app so that it can really work better for us to be able to log inspection data in real time in the field. 
so that's going to be really big improvements to our reporting and how we then are able to collect and share that data with you all. Um, and finally, our biggest transition that we're preparing right now as we start looking toward our timeline of transitioning eligible jam permits for shared spaces that become permanent into our brick and mortar permit programs is to actually make our brick and mortar permit applications um, digital, which they have never been. They've been fillable PDFs online uh, that Caitlin you know, works very hard to then sit down with an applicant. We have folks in the audience tonight that I'm sure have used that and it's pretty lame. So we're creating a kind of like choose your own adventure digital app that will cover all of our brick and mortar permits. So if you just want a pool table, you'll answer way less questions. If you want to get a place of entertainment permit or other permits, you'll answer more, so on and so forth. Um, it'll be uh, intelligent and hopefully be great for our applicants. Uh, that's set to hopefully be in place by end of summer so that we can make sure that we're transitioning and educating people in an appropriate way when we transition out of jam. Finally, uh, just around engagement, and this is really Dylan's world and big kudos to him for this work and also May for her upcoming support for a couple of events. So we have both of our retreat and our summit dates set. And so those should be on your calendars. They're gonna be in place of hearings. And so our retreat is on May 17th. We're doing that at 49 South Van Ness. Um, we'll be getting some lunch for everybody then we'll go ahead and, and retreat um, into a room, which will, of course, be accessible to the public. And then afterward, we can go walk somewhere and have some happy hour, fun times. Um, our summit is also gonna be at 49 South Van S and the conference space is downstairs. We're really looking forward to that. That's gonna be on June 7th. We have some fun announcements that we're gonna be making um, at that time. We're working with Commissioner Thomas, hopefully to be uh, providing some uh, training and information around harm reduction. Uh, we're also working with Com uh, Commissioner Blyman, who is bringing in another fellow commissioner from Small Business Commission, uh, Sharky Laguana, who they do a podcast together called The Fun Police. If you don't know it, you should check it out. Um, and they're gonna be interviewing, uh, hopefully Ted Egan, who's our uh, city's chief economist, just to look at the future of what nightlife and entertainment could look like based on the data that he knows thus far. Um, so that will be great. Hope to see you all there. Mark the date, June 7th. Um, and the final information, I think you can read on your own. It's just updated data that you should take with you and know when you're speaking to um, our stakeholders around our digital outreach efforts. Um, and again, thanks to Dylan for pushing out tons of newsletters since the pandemic began. So our audience uh, has definitely increased and we have a, a pretty big open rate. So you can check that all out and let me know if you have any questions. I have a quick question. Sure. Uh, first of all, th uh, congratulations on all this work that you guys have, that you and the staff have done. I, I love that uh, we're really um, digitizing a lot of the old forms that can be viewable remotely and uh, instantly, so that's great. I have a question about um, the, um, the plan to move uh, the Just Add Music permits to, um, to a regular permit. Sure. Since it's 452, it seems like a lot. 
So are you thinking about maybe doing a workshop or something to kind of do some, yeah. instead of doing it one-on-one -on -one yeah. information, are you kind of thinking of doing it like yeah. workshop or maybe doing the summit that could be a, yeah. something So I think, um, you know, we're still sort of in the nascent phases of this work, but the plan mm -hmm. is to be able to provide a better overview, not only to the commission at the retreat, but then to the general public and our stakeholders at the summit of what the timeline is looking like. Um, but our thinking for that, just to give you a little bit more color to those numbers, 250 or so of that 450 are for brick and mortar spots. The rest are gonna go back to one-time events, which is already set in place. And so it's really educating those folks that are potentially going to be eligible for a shared space in perpetuity to then apply for the correct permit because it's either gonna be an amendment to an existing permit that they have with our office to include their outdoor space, which could be a place of entertainment or limited live performance permit, or it could be an all new limited live permit based on the fact that they do entertainment outside, or it's gonna be a fixed place outdoor amplified sound permit if they purely just do uh, pre-recorded sound outside so regardless we want to make sure first they know what they're doing and then they know yeah. how to apply so yes we do plan to do um, probably online workshops and we'll probably record it and then post it online as the thinking and then we're going to have to set up rolling commission hearings due to the fact that we're expecting a, a huge volume of permit applications. The plan with that though, is that we're gonna put as many of those applications on the consent agenda as possible, um, because we've been in this sandbox period of time for uh, with the JAM program for a year and a half now. And so we've been able to kind of iron out these conditions on the permits really well to the point where we feel confident um, providing those staff recommendations to all of you and hopefully we'll figure out you know in the wash if there are neighbor concerns we'll pull those on to regular um, I hope that makes sense but yes we're gonna educate um, as much as we can on this yep thank you and congratulations again thanks hi, hi. just really quick uh, on the it's been so long since we've done it the nightlife summit that is a nice that um, is a nighttime event. Uh, no, it's a daytime event. It's a daytime. I'm trying to calendar it right now. Do we have a tentative time? Yeah, so I would think that it's probably going to be from like 1 to 4-ish. Okay. That works. Um, and then we do do a happy hour situation after that again. That's expected. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> we were thinking of maybe calling Mr. Tipples or something like that since it's nearby. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Was that the retreat or the summit? That's the four. summit. They're they're both very similar, though. It's going to be the an after all day. Afternoon. That's a daytime. No, it's a half day. Oh, is afternoon. it half day? Yeah. Is that like noon to four-ish also? Mm, yep. Okay. Noon, I'd say noon to Thank you. Yep. All right. No further questions, Your Honors. And is there any public comment on this agenda item? There are no in-person public comments. And there are no comments in Zoom. All right, we'll close public comment. And the next agenda item is uh, number four, which is a report from Deputy Director Azevedo. Thank you, President Blyman. Good evening, commissioners. Um, we have received 31 complaints. It's our last hearing. And so a few enforcement updates to share with you all. 
Um, I wanted to let you know about Wonder Lounge, which is located at 673 Geary Street. Previously, there was a POE permit issued to this location under the DBA Redford Lounge. The new business owner of Wonder Lounge has applied for their own POE and is coming to hearing on May 3rd. In the interim, they are operating under a temporary permit and they are required to adhere to Redford Lounge's POE permit conditions. Inspector Fiorentino visited the business, oh, excuse me. Since our last hearing, we've received six anonymous complaints about the business. Inspector Fiorentino visited the business a total of four times over this past weekend and was unable to substantiate any of the complaint allegations. He spoke with the general manager about the complaints and noted that during all of his visits, their security detail was thorough, their volume was in compliance, the front door was closed, and they were doing a good job of keeping the sidewalk clear. As an FYI, the owner did send me an incident report over the weekend out of precaution. He was made aware that his, by his security that there was an altercation between two women down the block. It didn't appear that these were Wonder Lounge patrons, but because SFPD was involved, the owner wanted to send an incident report to note that the occurrence had happened. The next business I'd like to update you on is Bodega, which is located at 700 Columbus. Bodega holds a jam permit for outdoor amp sound for their sidewalk dining area, but they do not host any indoor entertainment. We've received three complaints about the business since we last met, and Inspector Zavrina has visited the business twice in response. He has determined that although the business is in compliance with their jam permit conditions, the location of the outdoor speakers is sending sound frequencies down the alley and likely the cause of the disruption for the neighbor. Inspector Savino spoke with the owner and recommended moving the speakers to avoid future complaints, and the owner was open to the suggestion, so we hope to see that change happen soon. Of note, when Inspector Zavrina visited this past weekend and found them in compliance, he decided to do some further investigation of the area, and he heard the business across the street playing loud music from speakers that were located just inside open windows and thought this may be a potential sound source causing complaints. He spoke with the owners of the neighboring business and they told him that they play loud music while they're cleaning up for the night. So Inspector Zavrina advised that they should turn the speakers off or close the windows as this was essentially operating outdoor amplified sound and it was after 10 p.m. So the owners, owners understood and they turned the speakers off. So we will respond and visit the neighboring business if we receive any future complaints about Bodega. I wanted to give you, um, next, I want to give you a brief update about Maze, just to let you know that Inspector Fiorentino visited them over the weekend in response to another sound complaint, but when he arrived in real time, he found the business was closing up for the night. He observed people loitering in their parklet out front, and so he spoke to the owner about closing it off for the night to avoid people congregating in it after hours. The owner said he would look into solutions, but then he also reached out to me and filed a complaint about the late night food vendors who play loud music in their immediate vicinity. He feels that the sound complaints are about the food vendors and they're being pinned on his business. After discussing <clears throat> with Inspector Fiorentino, he was able to confirm that there were in fact street vendors playing loud music on both corners at the time of his, his inspection. So I forwarded this complaint along to the DPH environmental health team who's working on permitting food vendors. The last quick update for you is about Hotel Via. Um, so since our last hearing, I've spoken with the manager and she actually just emailed me since we've been at the hearing tonight confirming that they do have a new sound meter and their uh, next outdoor rooftop of daytime party will be on Sunday the 24th, so this upcoming Sunday. So um, I'll schedule Inspector Zavrina to go out to sync meters, so sync our meter with mm. theirs and then just check on overall event compliance. Those are my updates and I'm happy to answer any questions if you have any. Good evening, Deputy Director. Hi, Commissioner Falzon. How are you? So good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> good. Avery, when we see these generally, does, 
the way they're formatted, can we assume these are all coming in from 311? I got a no from the that's, executive director. That's a, um, you what? No, I'm joking, go oh. ahead. <laughs> that's not always. Um, correct, not always. Okay. So there are email complaints. Um, is that something you're interested so in knowing? So let me just up? get to, I guess I should expound okay. on my question. My question really is I'm looking at Wonderland and I'm just curious if this is possibly the same complainant and if it is, do we track that? Um, so all Because the these are coming in like on one night pretty close yep. to each other. Yep. We are unable to know because they were all anonymous. They all were submitted through 311. My, the way that they are written makes me also believe that they were submitted by the same person. The language seems consistent and similar. Um, so that is my instinct, but I don't have a way of confirming since they were submitted anonymously. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Any more questions? <clears throat> All right. I don't have any questions. Thank you very much. It's kind of a quiet week, two weeks. Um, is there any public comment on this agenda item? There are no in-person public comment. There are no comments on Zoom. All right, we'll close public comment and we'll move on to the next agenda item, which is, if I'm not mistaken, item number five. I'm really excited about this agenda item. I'm not going to lie. It's been about <laughs> a little over two years since I've been able to introduce this person in person. And while I've done it many times on Zoom, it is difficult to fully understand the height and the majesty of Mr. Ben Van Houten, unless you see him in person. Thank you for coming, sir. Uh, thank you, thank you, President Blyman. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Yeah, it's been a couple years since I've done one of these. Um, uh, ben Van Houten, Office of Economic and Workforce Development, here with another update on nightlife business assistance. Is this, will this show on the? Yes. Excellent, wonderful. Um, uh, so I've got uh, federal, state, and local updates uh, for you this evening. Um, I wish there were more updates on the federal level. Um, the Restaurant Revitalization Fund uh, remains underfunded. Um, there has been effort. Uh, the House recently passed uh, legislation to allocate additional money to the fund. Again, as a reminder, this is for restaurants and bars. Uh, it was the, it, people could apply for grants uh, to the difference between their, their uh, 2020 earnings and their 2019 earnings. Um, there was $72 billion in need made, uh, asked for by the nightlife industry nationwide. Uh, Congress had only allocated $28 billion. So again, there is still just incredible unfunded need out there. Uh, there has been uh, legislation in the House, legislation in the Senate to, uh, to allocate more money to the fund. Um, but really the reason I bring it up tonight is because of recent uh, survey data published within the last week by the Independent Restaurant Coalition around or emphasizing that need, that continued need for relief, that uh, according to the IRC of their surveyed businesses, again, these are independent restaurants nationwide, uh, of the businesses that did not receive a grant through the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, over 50% of them have expressed that they are in danger of closing within the next six months. And that's survey data from just, just in March. So again, there is still uh, significant continuing need uh, for the industry. Um, in California, actually, it's, uh, it, it's better than one in three applicants received a grant, but still around uh, 20,000 restaurants and bars in California did not receive any funding through this program. 
Uh, on the state level, a couple of legislative updates. Uh, Senator Weiner introduced SB 980, which is a, a liquor license application modernization legislation, so a number of uh, technical reforms to the liquor license application process. Uh, SB 846 is continuing to move forward in the Senate. That is the uh, bill to expand on the uh, to-go and delivery sales of alcohol, which um, had been part of the emergency reforms, but then was, was, was not included in the, uh, uh, the adopted legislation last year. And then uh, SB 793 remains uh, in the assembly and uh, poised to move forward. That is the music venue, liquor license, and entertainment zone uh, legislation. And then I've, I've mentioned this before, but just to, to emphasize that the RBS, Responsible Beverage Service Training, uh, that deadline, that's a new uh, requirement under the state um, that was adopted a few years ago. August 31st is the deadline for managers and servers at on-sale businesses, restaurants and bars uh, to receive RBS training and um, uh, from a training provider. And I also wanted to include here that, that for one-day licenses for special events, at least one person working at those events has to be RBS certified as well. So that, that's going to be, that's a new requirement that is going to apply to um, a great number of nightlife and entertainment businesses uh, here. Um, locally, there are a number of uh, relatively new grant programs that have recently been announced and also some upcoming deadlines I wanted to highlight. Um, the SF Shines Design Services Grant is, uh, is open right now. It's, it's access to professional design services for businesses to um, make improvements to their space. So this is about uh, working with uh, skilled professionals to provide assistance with design, permitting, other technical services as businesses look to make improvements. Um, later this year, there will be an SF Shines Construction Funds Grant uh, program, but this right now is about accessing technical services. Additionally, the Accessible Business Entrance Grant is a new grant from the Office of Small Business, providing uh, funding for accessibility inspections for businesses, either for the front entrance of the business or for an accessibility inspection of the entire storefront. Uh, next, the Shared Spaces Equity Grant Program is not, not a new grant, but the application deadline is coming up on April 30th, so really encouraging uh, businesses to apply for shared spaces equity grants that's up to $2,500 in order to uh, comply with the requirements for a permanent shared space, uh, to, so to bring that, those shared spaces into compliance. And then additionally, the, the storefront vandalism relief grant remains available for businesses that uh, experience physical damage to their storefronts. <clears throat> last, last item on my update is um, just a, a brief update on the shared spaces legislation. So it's been a little while since uh, I have presented before you and in alignment with uh, some of Director Weiland's discussion about the, the trajectory of the JAM program as that becomes permanent. Um, so last month, the Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to extend the pandemic shared spaces program and waive permit fees until March 2023. And um, valid pandemic permits in good standing will be extended through that date. Um, roadway temporary street closure permits do not automatically extend and therefore need to be renewed in order to operate on or after uh, July 1. Um, with the deadline to submit for those, for those permanent or legislated shared spaces permits, uh, the deadline to submit an application is November 1, 2022. So that's the deadline that we are uh, really putting out there for businesses to, to, um, to work toward in terms of being able to get a permit, uh, a legislated or permanent permit for shared spaces uh, next year. 
Um, there's a variety of outreach around these developments in the program that's currently underway um, to a number of merchant associations and, and cultural districts, CBDs, other stakeholder groups. Um, and then again, the most pressing deadline is Shared Spaces grant applications are open until April 30th. And that, and that concludes my presentation, but happy to, to answer any questions. Sure, Thomas. Thank you for your presentation. It's nice to have you back here. Um, do we have information on how many of the restaurants or other venues here receive federal grants? We, we should. Um, admittedly, I'm more familiar with the, you know, with the shuttered venue Operating operators grants that the, the you know the, the music venue focus grants um, we did have access to that granular uh, data. I would assume that that data also since they were both run by SBA, I would assume that data exists for the <coughs> actually yeah and it must exist for the restaurant fund. Um, that is not something I have looked at recently, but it is a very um, you know cross referencing those different grant programs with our you know existing understanding of nightlife businesses would absolutely be a um, provide a really uh, clear analysis of, you know, what the what the distribution of relief was like. Yeah. yeah. In fact, that that's um, let's. Uh, I would be interested in doing some of that work before the retreat, actually. And the shuttered venues. Um, do you have a sense of how many venues in San Francisco received funding? that and again that can wait for the retreat too I'm just interested in sort of understanding what kind of sort of how well venues did here in terms of being able to access the federal support yeah I can I can pull those numbers I know that you know broadly the shuttered venues program had money left over even after so for qualifying venues which again not every business that we might think of as a venue necessarily qualified for the program but um, uh, to the extent that businesses did qualify, they were able to access one round of funding. In fact, actually supplemental funding as well was available, and there was still money left over in that program as opposed to the restaurant fund, which was, you know, really oversubscribed. But I think um, getting a sense of those data points, and I actually looked recently, and I haven't seen, I haven't seen data for the state venue fund program yet, but that would be another, in terms of just thinking about all the different layers to really get a sense of, of how much relief has been distributed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Hi, Ben. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, thank you. Hey, um, I'm curious, you, you're referencing a lot of state legislation. Um, as the staff of these public officials develop this legislation, th does anyone ever reach out to you? Or, are we participating behind the scenes with what we think um, they might want to do or, can, or include in this legislation? Um, from time to time, I talk with state with state staffers. Um, I talk with industry folks who are also working directly with. I guess state the one staffers. that caught my attention yeah. was the ABC reform part. Yeah. Did they re did they reach out to us as a local government? The um, the, the ABC did not, but not um, ABC, but, yeah, but, but Senator Weiner's office. Senator Weiner's office. Yeah, I've been speaking with Senator Weiner's oh, office about these ideas. Outstanding. Yeah. Me thinks hear. that he may have had a meaningful contribution on that. Senator That's good Wiener. to hear. No, I mean, yeah. I would hope we would have a seat at that conversation, given our density. Good job. Yeah. That's great to hear. Thank you. And uh, thanks to uh, Super uh, Senator uh, Weiner for including San Francisco. Commissioner Lee. <clears throat> I've been on the ADA inspection grant. Yes. So the ADA inspection grant 
it's just for an inspector to go out and look around and, and give an evaluation. What happens if the uh, the business needs repair, or does that grant then kick up to uh, helping that business repair their ADA issue? It does not. Um, I, I think. Um you know, actually, and I, need, I will circle back with the, um, the SF Shines folks to explore whether some of those, when those funds become available, whether those funds might be able to be uh, uh, in alignment with um, with supporting that work. Um, the, um, but but to my knowledge, to my knowledge, it does not. But I'm happy to circle back with the Office of Small yeah, Business because, to get a little bit more detail. I mean, yeah. I know there's a lot of these lawsuits going around, and <clears throat> I, you know unless they're required to, you know, to open a, a Pandora's box, you know, stating, oh, you know, I mean, what's the purpose of the grant if it's not going to help mm -hmm. make the improvements? So I'm just curious about that. So, okay, if you can check on that, that'd be great. One final question. The SF Shines equity grants for shared, is the shared spaces equity grants? Yeah. Equity? Are those for... Um, business owners who fall within the previously kind of prescribed equity categories or is the word equity being used in kind of a more freewheeling way in this sense? Um, I haven't looked into it yet. Yeah, I, I, and I would, I would defer to the specifics of the grant program, but certainly um, I think it's fair to say that, you know, the, the equity lens um, being used is, is a, there, they, there's a number of different elements to it that the shared spaces team can do a better job. Um, of concisely summarizing, honestly, but but the idea is to look at neighborhoods impacted um, most dramatically by COVID. Look at um, uh, uh, communities where there is significant need around um, around shared spaces improvements. So I, I think um, there's there's a number of different factors um, as part of their equity analysis. Yeah. Great. All right. Any more questions? Well, you did not disappoint. Oh. Just as tall as I remember. Is there any public comment on this agenda item? There are no in-person public comments. There are no comments on Zoom. All right, then we'll close public comment. Thank you very much, Mr. Van Houten. We'll see you again soon, and we'll move on to our next agenda item, which I believe is number six. Doodled all over my paper. Ah, and this is uh, hearing impossible action regarding applications for permits under the jurisdiction of the Entertainment Commission. We'll start with the consent agenda, and I believe Deputy Director Azevedo will introduce it. Thank you, President Blyman. We have five permits on the consent agenda this evening. Two indoor LLP permits, a billiard parlor permit, and mechanical amusement device permit. Additionally, there is a one-time event permit application on the consent agenda that I will provide more context, context about momentarily. For the brick and mortar permits on consent, there was no opposition and the only added condition from SFPD was for Thriller Social Club and it is a standard Southern Station recommendation. As for the one-time indoor entertainment event permit on the consent agenda this evening, it's not normally, it's not normally that you would see this on, on this uh, consent agenda, but given the ability that SBRA allowed for the director and commission to approve one-time events exceeding 12 days per calendar year. This is one that we wanted to seek your conditional approval on. This business is applying for an LLP permit for ongoing entertainment, but they are unable to come to a commission hearing until June 21st due to our upcoming event scheduling. The applicant is hoping to activate the space 15 times until they come to hearing for their LLP permit. 
The staff recommendation is for the commission to vote to approve the consent agenda with the good neighbor policy and SFPD's recommended condition as applicable. Questions? I move the consent calendar. I'll second. Is there any public comment on the consent calendar? There are no in-person comments. There are no, no comments on Zoom. All right, we'll close public comment and we can vote. Yeah, sure, I, I here. <laughs> okay, thank you. I have an extra one if you. Oh, God. I know. Uh, <laughs> President Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Falzon. Aye. Commissioner Lee. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. And Commissioner Thomas. Aye. All right, everybody on the consent calendar, congratulations. I am really excited to see longstanding businesses as a side like Churchill and Gold Cane be applying for limited live permits. This is just more places for artists to perform. That's really cool. Everywhere should have one. I'm about to apply for a couple myself. <laughs> businesses. All right, moving on, we will uh, go to the first permit application on the regular agenda. Great, the first permit on our regular agenda this evening is for an LLP permit for the new rooftop bar and restaurant called Cayo, located on top of the Hyatt Hotel at 701 Third Street. This business is seeking an LLP permit for their rooftop, so they may host occasional live events such as DJs and bands during dinner service or comedy acts for their patrons. The configuration of Cayo is unique in that it is primarily outdoors, but it has the ability to be enclosed by retractable windows. The application before you this evening would allow Cayo to have live entertainment and amplified sound until 10 p.m. with the windows open and live entertainment until 11 p.m. with the windows closed. Our sound inspectors went and set a sound limit in advance of the hearing, which you will see outlined in the staff recommendation below. The business owner is being represented by Mark Rennie and together they conducted extensive outreach. They mailed out an outreach letter to 315 residential addresses in the vicinity and they spoke with 11 businesses in person about their planned operations. All of these details are included in your file this evening. There was no opposition for the application and Southern Station has no added conditions aside from Officer Gabriel's standard condition, which is outlined below. Here to speak to you this evening is Mark Rennie and owner John Park. Good evening, uh, President Blyman, commissioners, staff. Um, every now and then you get a few winners in a dark winter and uh, John has been at this for three years and I've been sort of getting the, the remote blow by blow while he waited six months for a sewer hookup and he waited this and he had to literally bring cranes to take stuff to the 12th floor. It was pretty insane. But John is an experienced operator. His uh, Cayo in uh, Union Street is extremely popular. He, was, he built the Novella restaurant. I've actually worked with John since he was a promoter decades ago, but this is a beautiful space. It's on the top of the Hyatt Place Hotel, a block, you know, not even a block from the, the AT&T Park. And anybody who's been up there will know this is really, really amazing views in, in two and a half directions. There's a sli little slice to the Bay Bridge, but north and west, full on views. He has uh, done a couple of uh, permitted events. We just did one day um, permits. There has been no, there was no complaints on those. Um, 
the sound levels will be minimal. He is in a hotel. The hotel has got a tight lease on the place, so this will not be a Sunday afternoon pool party without the pool, if you, if you get the drift. Um, there are problematic rooftops in the neighborhood, but we're not going to be one of them. Um, this is Japanese Peruvian. The food is really great. Uh, I think his Cayo in uh, Union Street was set the record for me getting calls from people. Hey, can you get me a reservation, please? People, it's, he, he knows how to do the food. We did go out on the outreach. We wanted to go 150 feet out. There's a lot of tall buildings in that neighborhood, so that's why we ended up getting a mail house to mail 314, 315 letters. Uh, then John and I went around the neighborhood. It was, it was actually fascinating because everybody had either been to Cayo, had a friend who or, had worked at the rooftop, had been to the rooftop, loved the rooftop, and they were very friendly with John and uh, glad to see him and glad to meet the owner. So anyway, um, I think, John, if you want to say a few words about what your concept is, but it's beautiful. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Mark. Uh, good evening, Commissioners, uh, uh, Commissioner President Blyman. Uh, Cayo Restaurant, Rooftop bar is definitely a food forward concept where we embrace beautiful views of San Francisco. Uh, quote unquote, from the San Francisco mayor herself, uh, is that this is a different perspective of San Francisco beauty uh, because of uh, the magical space we have. Uh, we intend to use, utilize a permit to really activate the space uh, to bring a little bit of ambiance and entertainment to our guests when there is an opportunity to do so. Most again, we're, you know, our guests are mostly there to uh, dine with us until 10 p.m. and turns into a cocktail bar shortly after 10. Most evenings, month, Sunday through Thursday, we're closing at 12, p 12 a.m. and on Friday, Saturday, we continue to about 1 a.m. Uh, there is no uh, thought in our minds, at least at this point, to utilize the permit for full-on nightclub type parties at all. Um, that being said also that, you know, we have a tremendous amount of neighborhood support. Uh, they appreciate that we're open there, bringing business and foot traffic to the neighborhood that's been grossly uh, dead, in, in, so to say, during the pandemic period. So I love to see that the Giants games are starting now and we're just seeing more activity. Uh, I think we're gonna adapt very well to the environment. Um, lastly, I, I have, 20 plus years in San Francisco, uh, nightlife as well as you know, uh, food and beverage operation experience. I understand the good neighborhood policy and understand what we have to do to make sure that we adhere to all the rules that the city uh, uh, imposes as well as just overall being a good neighborhood with the businesses and the residents in the area. Uh, so we will continue to do the outreach, continue to welcome feedback, continue to listen to what you know, our neighbor has to say and make you know, changes and adapt to those, uh, the recommendations that we hear. That's it, thank you so much. Questions? Hello, thanks for coming in. Just want to ask, what would be your policy if, just in case, there's some neighborhood complaints that might come in? So what would be your normal procedure to address those issues? Well, the, the, if there's any complaint, it would directly come to me, uh, and we would reach out to, to the neighbor or the person, the individual that made the complaint, and, and listen to what they're experiencing. Um, 
obviously it was if it was noise complaint, uh, we would ask you know that we do some sort of sound test based on the ambient music that we're playing, and perhaps you know make adjustments to that. But we just when we did the sound test with the entertainment commissioner, uh, commission um, sound guys, I don't know what you call them, but sound guys, they were just well, well, many decibels below what audible ambient noise uh, levels were. So we don't really foresee that happening at all. But you know we welcome and we will always. Uh, address things directly. I understand neighborhood issues are very serious, so I would handle that directly myself. Would you be able to respond in real time? Uh, absolutely. If, if, if it's something that uh, what, what came in as a phone call, absolutely. And who will be managing the, the performing artist or DJ that you're um, going to be potentially having? Is it you personally, or do you have a manager on site that will be managing? We, we have a, a fairly sizable management team that consists of a general manager, three operations manager, two AGMs. Um, they would over like, most likely be overseeing the talent booking, but we don't have a very, like we, we don't have any talent that's booked between now and the future. <laughs> so it's, it's something that we'll, we will do occasionally here and there. Um, we are thinking about possibly playing uh, a little bit of like uh, acoustic guitar music during uh, brunch hours during the summertime. We do lunch brunch, and that's really the motive behind applying for this permit at this point. Uh, but you know, evenings, weekends, right now we had zero. Besides playing uh, streaming music uh, like Rockbot, we're not really using any type of live entertainment. And um, is there a dedicated phone number where, where neighbors can call to? to address their concerns? We, we are uh, manning the phone uh, from two hours before service into end of service. Uh, the phone is picked up almost every time we can pick Probably up that phone. Regular phone number? Phone number, yes. Okay, and then that's posted on your website? Yes. Okay, thank you. My, ple my pleasure. I got one. So, uh, John, the, um, you have your own DJ equipment going to be that placed there? Or... It, or you let them bring their own. Commissioner, we, we don't even have DJ equipment. <laughs> oh, well, how do you do the sound then? Uh, how did you test the sound? Lot, well, it's, it's self-employed music, so it's, okay. it's not a DJ setup. It's just we have amplifiers and speakers. That's where we're connected to a house system that's controlled through an app. So we're playing the, the music at probably a good 20 30% louder than our house level. Uh, which the sound guys took a, a meter so test. Kind of a simulation, is that your job? Correct, correct. They asked because I'm play. looking at the uh, inspections, 84 decibels at the host. It's pretty, that's talking. You know, that's kind of talking level because I've gone through this with the inspector myself at one time. But, sure. So I'm just letting you know if anything above that over talking, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. Uh, just be aware of that. Yeah, we, we pushed the sound system. They, they haven't asked me to play hip-hop music which we don't play no, no, I know, just because to get the bass you know yeah, to yeah, resonate. yeah but you know if you have a guest it's easy to go over 84 db dbs i just went you know is, sure is you that my that. limit right now 84 db that's right what now? it says on the permit i see at the hostess station is that correct 84 sounds low that's what i what i saw on the permit the sound limit that's being recommended is 79 dba and 84 dbc Yes. But that was taken with the ambient in consideration, which was measured from across at a uh, distance about 250 feet on another rooftop mm -hmm. at the same level. And those were the numbers that the sound inspectors arrived at. But again, they're yeah. reading it from the hostess station, correct? So yeah. not the sound source, which is a reminder that the limit may seem low, even though it's, it's not because it's farther from the sound source. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, because 
Yeah. If the inspector does come out, they'll use that number as a reference, correct? That's right. Yep. But we did that with them playing their system. And if okay. there are issues, we always work with folks. Yeah, yeah. To I'm just saying if it's just an in-house system that you're using and not a real DJ, you know me. Sure. You know how these guys can be, right? Sure. You know, they go deaf after a few hours. So I just want you to, you know, it, you know, it's, it, it is a pain when people start complaining, right? Sure. This kind of interrupts your business. So just want to make sure that you're um, aware and, 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 you know, uh, conscious about Sound where level. you're at. Okay, so. Well, thank you, Commissioner Lee. We will keep, okay. it, keep an eye on that. Good luck. Thank you. All right, I have no questions. Um, is there, you guys can have a seat for sure. Um, is there any public comment on this agenda item? There are no in-person public comments. There are no Zoom comments. All right, let's close public comment and we can entertain motions. I motion approved the permit with uh, staff conditions, recommendations. Is there a second? I'll second. All right, we can vote. President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Fazan? Aye. Commissioner Lee? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. And Commissioner Thomas? Aye. It is so moved, congratulations. Um, excited for you to have music up there. Uh, follow up with our staff at your earliest convenience and uh, for your next step, so thanks for coming in. Thank you, Commissioner. Good luck. All right, I'll have Deputy Director Azevedo introduce the final permit, if I'm not mistaken today. Thanks, President Blyman. The final permit on tonight's agenda is for a limited life performance permit for Emmy Spaghetti Shack located at 3230 Mission Street. The reason this permit is on the regular agenda this evening is because the applicant would like to include outdoor amp sound and entertainment in their parklet as part of their LLP application. For entertainment, they are planning to host DJs, live bands, and karaoke inside until 11 p.m., and live performances and amplified sound outside from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily. The business distributed 30 outreach letter letters to their neighbors, 10 of which are commercial and the other 20 are residential. There was no opposition for this permit and Mission Station had no added conditions. Here to speak with you this evening is owner Emmy Kaplan. Hello. Hi. So, okay. Hi. Nice to meet everybody. Welcome. Thank you. Excellent mask. You win. Oh, you thank have the best you. mask tonight. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> um, so in regards to the outdoor, I guess I'd like to address that first. Um, we will most likely probably be getting rid of the shared spaces. We're not able to um, get clarity on what's going on with the shared spaces. Um, also, we've been having um, terrible graffiti problems and financially it's it's just starting to not be viable the weather so that may be not even an issue but really what we're looking at doing outside is just having like a small speaker for the diners and that wouldn't be every day we've talked about doing brunch things like that but it just doesn't really look like it's going to happen um just due to everything that's been going on um we are one of the restaurants that was not funded from the rrf so we may be closing as well who knows um, hopefully not. So anyway, um, I've been in business 21 years in the mission. Um, and we, you know, we've had, like the, the music that we're planning on doing is really nothing um, more than 
the sound that we had pre-COVID. We used to be open until midnight on Fridays and Saturdays, you know, sometimes until two, two just with even our amplified music. We've never had any complaints or any um, issues with neighbors. Um, we're not trying to do any big, loud, crazy parties, maybe, you know, karaoke once a month type of thing. Um, but only until 11 kind of keeps that down anyway. So that's kind of what's going on with us. Um, I'm the owner. I'm usually there on the busy nights. If not, you know, I have managers who are there, and we do have um, employees who are offering to, you know, work, work the door and kind of if that's even necessary. I'm not really seeing that as being necessary, and we really don't have any major plans. Like the reason why I'm getting this permit is just so we can possibly um, – make more money in order to stay so <clears throat> that's Questions. what's going on with us <laughs> good evening hi um i don't have a question specific to your application but i do sense some frustration and it's really valuable for us to actually talk to actual owners and i'd be interested in your sense of what's going on and what is frustrating you and what can san francisco do better to help you out that was sure. a big one. i'm throwing a lot at oh, you oh it's fine um yeah, I mean, as far as the shared spaces, it's been awesome. It's been really great. Um, everyone's been really good to work with. I think just the last, the last year where they keep saying, "Oh, we're gonna here's the deadline for the application," then you look online and there's all this stuff that you have to do. Um, when we first did our shared space, we did everything according to what they asked, and then they came and said, "Oh, we changed our mind and we need to now. You need to." cut down it needs to go down yeah, yeah. so that you know more money more again money. um then we had to cut the holes in the parklet yep. you know so everything is it's been very discombobulated and even now you know they've said oh we'll be inspecting and no one's inspected no one's called to set up any kinds of inspections so and just the graffiti has been so rampant that it looks really terrible I've replaced already the plastic about four different times. Um, and it takes a lot of time to apply for these grants. Yep. And a lot of energy that I just don't have. And not be a recipient is equally <clears throat> frustrating. Well, the, no, I'm just talking about the San Francisco shared spaces, equity, you know, all of those type of things. And even the San Francisco, I mean, I love the city, you know, um, so I'm not trying to <laughs> say anything negative. No, no, but, um, you know, the, um, the grant that was given out last year like the larger grant i believe it was ten thousand or something like that i wasn't able to get because i didn't make a profit so that kind of blew my mind where i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that was really an frustrating yeah and so and just the deadlines like we don't as a person who runs the business myself we don't i don't have time to constantly um be barraged by deadlines so and then the changing of things and it's like oh i just spent all this time doing that and all this all my resources so that can be really difficult and just worried oh if someone is going to come along and tell me i'm they're going to find me for the graffiti but then i don't get any help with the graffiti it's it doesn't really make a lot of sense I have been in contact with the graffiti abatement um, police, Has and that he's been, been helpful. Well, it's, it's helpful it as far as being able to vent to someone solely, <laughs> right? So, well, I wish you the best of luck. 
Thank you. We want to see you succeed. We yes. do not want you going out of business. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that would be great. <laughs> Questions? I mean, it's not really a question. It's just I'm a big fan of your restaurant. Thank and you. I really want to see you continue to exist and feed all of us. So. Yes, well, on that, on that point, if you know any senators, now's the time to <laughs> talk to them, email them, tweet them, and let them know that we really do need that funding. Um, I don't <clears throat> really have a question, but I, I, I know how you feel. There is a grant for cleaning up. <laughs> by, right. By the way, there's a <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, you know, have know, so much going it. on. I'm like, okay, well, I can take it down for $1,200. Exactly. And be done with it. So the, so the speakers are just, you're just going to be. It's just in, like, you know, it's just going to be playing. Yeah, exactly. Just going to be playing, you know, some background off your iPod. There's no DJs or anything inside the restaurant going to be piped into the space. Um, I mean, that is something I would like to do. I do have my own DJ setup. Um, I used to DJ, and we, I do have that. I don't know if it still works. I mean, it's from the 90s, so it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> um, but I don't have the speakers set up outside, and I don't really plan on doing that. It's a lot of ground for us to cover, to go be like inside and outside. So I would just prefer everyone to stay inside and just regular dinner service if we do continue with the parklet. Um, just have a little speaker out there. That's a different, like we do different, like currently, you know, if we wanted to have music out there, we would just put an iPad with a different speaker, right. you know. I mean, I mean, I think the parklet helps because people are still kind of, now that masks are now being taken away in a lot of places, a lot of people, if it's nice weather, they still like to sit outside. So it is a plus to have it, but, you know, I get what you say. If you can't afford to keep it up and sometimes not worth it, but, you know, until you use your speaker in there, until it's time for you to say, I'm getting rid of it. Yeah, well, it might, you know, this, this permit might give us the opportunity to do something out there and for people to want to sit out there. Even, I mean, we're, we're in kind of like a wind tunnel oh. where it just, like, comes and the wind just gets them. You know, because of all the holes in the parklet, it's not protected. And, you know, we do have the propane heaters, so if you have a propane heater, you can't put a cover on, or you're not supposed to put a cover on, even though everyone seems to have that. So, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of a rule follower. So I'm not gonna. Good. We should hire. <laughs> hire. <laughs> you right, can't have, have both. I'm done. It's <laughs> good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I do have a question. So in 2008, I ran a half marathon with my friend, and <laughs> we both ate at Emmy Spaghetti Shack before we both got spaghetti with the meatball. <laughs> and after the marathon, it was at Chrissy Field. There was a booth, and it was sign-ups for The Bachelor. And my friend was like, should I sign up? And I was like, yeah, go sign up. She signed up for The Bachelor. And then she got on The Bachelor. And then she got to the end of The Bachelor and actually won Who? The Bachelor. Tessa. Uh, it was long ago, 2008. Oh, okay. Tessa uh, Horst at the time. So my question is, if we had not eaten at Emmy Spaghetti Shack, do you think she would have won The Bachelor? I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> I really don't think so. I thought you were going That was a great recovery because I wasn't sure where you were going. I've been thinking about this for years. Well, that was like, I'm pretty sure it was that meatball. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you got to the end of the marathon and puked up. Oh, yeah. Well, I kept, you, I kept you all on the edge of the your seats for that one. That was yeah. important. Yeah. It was 
was actually um, a really nice story. <laughs> a great story. I don't have any further questions, so uh, you can have a seat, please. All right, and thank we you. will open this to public comment. Is there any public comment on this agenda item? And there are no in-person public comments. There are no comments on Zoom. All right, let's close public comment. Do we hear any motions? <laughs> Where is he? Where is he? I move approval with staff recommendations. I'll second. We can vote. President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Lee? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. And Commissioner Thomas? Aye. All right, your little speaker has been granted, but of course <laughs> this allows you to the full array of limited live options at your fingertip. One more thing I was gonna mention is we do have the tall man who was here before, uh, whose job it is to support nightlife through OEWD. And I know, I, I have businesses myself, I know how overwhelming it is. I, I, if you connect with us or with me, he's, it's, it's basically like having your own private concierge service. He can't fill out the forms for you, but he can definitely help to just keep you apprised of what's coming out and things, and that way you don't have to do it. And I would really, if you just email our staff and they email me, I'm happy to just make that connection. I use him for the same purpose. So um, I highly recommend he's very thorough. So thank you. Thank you. Good luck. Okay. Stay safe. <laughs> All right, the final agenda item is, uh, I'm not seeing it. Commissioner's number seven, commissioner's comments and questions. New business request for future agenda items. What do we got? No questions. Agenda items. Parties, Al, you don't have some amazing party? You're <laughs> Come on, Al, you've always <laughs> got something to announce. <laughs> something. <laughs> Some cultural thing. You guys, Miss Cherry Blossom. Right? Tomorrow so. is 420. Oh, yeah. The Check out evergreensf.org. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised you're not all over this, Ben. Are you watching the news? Because <laughs> 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 I am all over this. Well, no, yeah, you want to tell us what's so going on? So we put meant. together a website through <laughs> SF Travel and uh, the Chamber and myself called Evergreen SF, which is a one-stop shop for... Um, finding all the cannabis-related activities and deals and events in the city for visitors to the city. So it's kind of an exciting, oh, Fisherman's Wharf CBD was, was instrumental in it too. But so now if you're visiting San Francisco and you wanna find out what's going on in the cannabis world, you go to evergreensf.org. Everything's compiled there. We got our lounges, we got all the 420 events. We're gonna immediately pivot to Small Business Week and to Pride immediately afterwards. We'll have all the Pride specials up there and everything for that, and then Outside Lands and then Fleet Week and any other big events we're having in the city, wow. so it should be pretty exciting. It got quite a bit of press, and uh, the way we put it together was extremely chaotic. So it was uh, <laughs> really remarkable that it all worked out. We landed it. I have no idea how that happened. Yeah, it looks really great. Yeah, Wait, my, is, is Fleet Week a big cannabis? Anytime there are visitors to San Francisco, we want them to be able to go and find out what the cannabis-related activities are. So mm -hmm. I don't know how many people are visiting Fleet Week in order to find cannabis, but this is a place for anybody coming to San Francisco, and it is a big visitor oh. weekend. So, you know, Dreamforce, you know, anything, you know, just here, come to Evergreen SF, this is where, here are the deals, here are the events, mm -hmm. here are the promotions, so. Yeah, and Ben helped put on this event over the last weekend called Pickin' on Polk, and I checked it out, and it was awesome. That was fun. Yeah. I had a blast. Very cool. Do it well, again. Is it .com or .org? I think it's after. .org, but I, I could be wrong. I think it's .org. Because um, it's through uh, the chamber and Fisherman's Wharf. Um, all right. Is there any public comment on this final agenda item? 
There are no in-person public comments. All right, let's close public comment. If you haven't voted yet, you still have an hour and a half, I believe. Vote tonight if you're in AD 17, everyone. And I will adjourn this meeting at 6.34 p.m. Yeah, I live in. Thank you, everyone. Uh -huh.